The Holy Gospel according to John, the 20th chapter. When it was the evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. The Gospel of the Lord. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, happy Easter to all of you. We are in the second week of Easter, the second Sunday of Easter. There's a total of seven, so this Easter season continues for quite a few more weeks after today. So here we are. It's the season of Easter. Last week, we heard the story of the empty tomb, that Christ has risen, that he has risen indeed. And we come to the story today that is universally known, at least by most people, as the story of Doubting Thomas, right? The story of Doubting Thomas. Well, today, we're going to unpack this story just a little bit more because I would argue that this unfortunate description of Thomas, the Doubting Thomas, well, actually separates him from the rest of the disciples and makes it difficult for each and every one of us to hear a story that isn't about doubt and isn't about Thomas's failure to believe even when Thomas isn't actually the center of the story. Now, our story begins on that evening after the tomb was empty and Jesus had risen, and there we find the disciples behind a locked door because they are absolutely terrified. They are petrified, perhaps at what Jesus may say to them when he shows up, but even more so, they saw their dear friend 
who was brutally executed, brutally killed. And in their minds, they're thinking, maybe we're next. And so they are, there they are, behind locked doors, when suddenly Jesus appears. He enters. And Jesus is not a ghost. He's not some figment of their imagination. In fact, he shows up and he shares a message of peace, a greeting of peace with the disciples. And then he goes on to show them his hands and his side. And in that moment, they know that it is Jesus. And Jesus did that in order to convince them that he is who he says he is. That he is the risen Christ. That he is Jesus in the flesh. That he's just like them and so much more. Now Thomas. Thomas was nowhere to be found. We have no idea where Thomas is at that moment, right? He may have been running out to get a cup of coffee or running an errand or two or perhaps grabbing a bite to eat. We have no idea. All we know is that Thomas was nowhere to be found. Now, Thomas, of all the disciples, was pretty practical. He was quite pragmatic. He could be incredibly hard-headed. He called it as he saw it, right? He called a spade a spade. And if he didn't quite understand something, well, he often would ask questions. In fact, just before Jesus was arrested and all of the disciples were gathered around the table participating in a meal together, Jesus was telling them that he would be taken away, that he would die, and that he would be gone, but not forever. And he told the disciples that they know the place where he is going, that they know the way to where he will be. Now, no one said a single word except for Thomas. Can't you see Thomas scratching his head just a little bit, thinking, uh, Jesus, wait a second, I don't quite understand the riddle, <laughs> right? Um, I really have no idea what you're talking about. I don't know the place to where you are going, and I certainly do not know the way. And in that moment, Jesus says, well, I am the way. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I still can't help but wonder that Thomas was still scratching his head and saying, yeah, I don't know if I still get it. So it is no wonder that having missed out on seeing Jesus in the flesh behind those locked doors, that Thomas wanted to see Jesus. That Thomas said, well, I won't believe until I actually see the hands, hear his voice, touch his side. Now this is where the story is so important. Because what is Jesus' response to his unbelief? Was it ridicule? Was it punishment? Was he royally torqued off at Thomas? No. A week later, Jesus shows up. He enters. He offers a blessing to Thomas. He shares those words of peace. And he goes on to show Thomas the wounds in his hands and in his side. 
And in that moment, in that moment, Thomas is left with nothing other than to say, my Lord and my God. To cast judgment and to place the focus solely on Thomas in this story misses the point. This story is less about Thomas's unbelief and it's far more about Jesus' care for not only Thomas, but for all the generations to follow, for you and for me. It is not a story of reprimand. It is not a story of punishment. Instead, it is a story of love and grace and compassion because Jesus, not Thomas, is the center of this story. Jesus shows up and meets Thomas right where he is with the questions that he has right there in that very moment. Jesus shows up there. So when faced with doubts, with unbelief, and I know many, if not all of us, have experienced those feelings at one time or another in our lives, first, know that it's okay. And second, you're not alone. You're not alone because Jesus shows up there too. In other words, in our doubt, in our unbelief, Jesus doesn't turn and go the other way. Rather, he turns towards you and me and reaches out with arms of compassion and grace and love. He shows up. 20th century theologian Paul Tillich said this, Doubt is not the opposite of faith. It is one element of faith. After all, if given the chance to hear Jesus' voice, to see his hands and touch his side, I don't believe for a minute that there's one of us here who would not take anyone up on that offer, who would not trade places with Thomas for one second to experience and to witness that. So what is the purpose of this story? What is the purpose of the story about Thomas? Well, the Gospel writer tells us, but these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing, you may have life in his name. Because of Jesus' bold and loving gesture with and towards Thomas, generations to follow, you and me can believe without having seen. So the answer to the question, were you there when they crucified my Lord, is a resounding yes. Not from sort of historical perspective, right? But one that comes to us through the full engagement in the life-giving gospel stories. And knowing and believing this, generations later, we, 
We are witnesses to the very breadth and depth of God's love for all people. And in that moment, we can boldly say, my Lord and my God, let it be so. Amen.